Hi, Mama. I am so excited to be here with you today. We are starting our journey. We are finally setting off on this journey of healing I have talked about for so long. Our bags are all packed and we are ready to go. And speaking of that, I hope that you have already downloaded my free checklist to make sure that you are all set to go on this journey of healing. You have your bag packed. You have everything you need to be successful. If you haven't grabbed that yet, check the show notes and there'll be a link for you to download that. I'm excited today. I have a very important question for you to answer as you lift up your foot and take that first step onto the trail. And you cannot go forward with that step until you answer this. I'm excited. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama, here is my important question for you. I cannot express enough how essential this is. Let me, let me paint you a picture first. So this comes from John 5 in the Bible. This is verses 2 through 9. And here's what it says. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda. Now I'm going to read from you a passage from John 5 in the Bible. But before we jump in, I just want to kind of describe the scene to you. So we're going to hear about a place where Jesus was about to enter. And these were called colonnades. And there was these pools that disabled people would lay by. And there was this belief back then that if if you entered these special pools at the time that someone would stir up the water, that people would be healed from that. And so that's just a little backstory so you understand what is happening. So this starts in verse 2 and we're going through verse 9. Let's jump in. It says, Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man who was there who had been an invalid for 38 years When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Now, why would Jesus ask this? This man had been lying there, unable to move for 38 years. I can't imagine any other answer besides, Yes, let's do this. I want to be healed. But here's what the sick man said. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another one steps before me. Now, I cannot imagine another answer besides, Yes, heal me. But here, the sick man tells Jesus all of the excuses for why he is not healed, why he is lying there. And his excuses are very valid, 
he is paralyzed. He, he can't move. There is real physical impairment. There are real reasons why he is not healed. But regardless of that, that wasn't the question. He still didn't answer Jesus' question. Do you want to be healed? And so as we're setting out on this journey and we're going to dig a little bit into your pain, into what you've walked through, into how people have wounded you, into bad choices, how you've wounded yourself, into situations that have caused you pain. So we're going we're gonna to put our eyes on that for a bit. And yes, your pain is so real. Just like this man that was lying by the pool, his pain was real. His physical limitations were real. They were not imagined. They were real. And I first just want to say, I am so sorry for what you've walked through. I know I don't know your story. I know I don't know the depths of it. I can only imagine what you have suffered. And I'm so sorry. And I know Jesus, Jesus does know every detail of what you've walked through. Every single moment of that pain, every tear that you've shed. And he knows it and he sees you and he weeps with you. And he's with you in that. But he doesn't just want to leave it there. Every moment of your pain, Jesus invites us into healing. Jesus wants to redeem it. But first, we have to answer the question, do you want to be healed? Do you want to invite Jesus to do this work inside of you? It's a choice. And I think it's tricky because, you know, hearing this story, I think, okay, of course this man would want to be healed. Why would he not want to be healed? Like he's been there for so long. But then, you know, I think about healing and, and how that means you're not sick anymore. And so then it, it just makes me think about, I know for me, I don't get sick a lot, but when I do, especially if it's something kind of more mild or there's medicine that can help me feel better or it's not completely debilitating. So when I have this kind of sickness, I really kind of relish in it. <laughs> Being sick means that I don't have the same expectations on me, on whether it's from the outside, like my husband can't expect the same of me, my kids can't expect the same of me, or even a lot of it's myself. Like I have this very strong inner drive, if you haven't noticed, and I don't usually let myself watch a lot of TV. But when I am sick, oh man, that couch is my bed. I do not move. I fill my my brain with all the TV and just veg out for hours and I don't feel guilty about it. I, I actually feel like it's productive because I'm letting my body rest. I'm giving myself that space. And it really, you know, with kids especially, kind of feels like a mini vacation. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It is peaceful. It is freeing. My responsibilities are to the wayside. And now also with kids, sometimes we don't get these times because we have to keep taking care of them. But, you know, I'm talking about those moments on the weekend or when someone can help us with the kids. And we are able to take that space and help our bodies heal. Now, this rest that I give myself is really important. I do need to be lying on that couch. I do need to let my body take in fluids and not do anything and just give myself that space. And I'm going to recover a lot faster when I do that. But then there comes a time as my body starts to heal, as I get over that initial shock of the cold 
and I kind of have this decision to make. I'm not feeling awesome, but I know I probably don't need to be on the couch anymore. And I feel this pull to kind of like push a little bit more into the sickness. Like, oh yeah, I think my throat, my throat still hurts. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely still hurting. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Almost like trying to convince myself I'm still sick. Almost like wishing that upon myself because I don't want to come out of this cocoon of comfort that I've gotten to come into in these days. And being healed not being sick anymore, it means all of those responsibilities come flooding back. I now need to take care of my kids and the house and my job and all of the things that we carry as moms. And so there's part of me that just doesn't really want to take that all back on. You know what? Maybe, maybe I need another day on the couch. And, and now that the excuse is real, like I I am sick, I'm still recovering from this sickness. But I think what happens when we are in that sickness for so long is it's comfort wraps around us. It almost protects us, shields us from this sense of responsibility and even, you know, some of those feelings of, oh, I'm not I'm not good enough because, you know, if we're sick, we have an excuse for not being good enough because we're sick. We're not we're not supposed to live up to these certain expectations. And then at some point, I think it becomes part of our identity. I mean, I imagine for this man, he had been lying in this sickness for 38 years. I mean, I, I can only imagine it, it had to have been a core part of who he believed himself to be. This was who he was. And while it wasn't pleasant, just like sickness is not pleasant, or if we're going, going to the real thing, the pain you've walked through, the scars it's left on you, of course, that's not pleasant. But sitting in it long enough, being, having to carry it for so many years, it almost becomes part of your identity. And it feels scary and unsafe to move away from that because it's become what's comfortable, even though it's really not comfortable, but it's become being healed comes with a responsibility that we are going to have to own. And so I want you just to look at yourself. Do you have excuses for not being healed? I'm not trying to say that you should be in a different place than you are now. But as we set out on this journey, I want you to keep yourself in check. Are there things that are pulling you back that are are resisting you going forward that are kind of causing you to not want to press into this further saying, uh, this probably isn't going to help me. I might as well not skip this episode or not do this exercise or not, not really listen anymore or not press in with honesty. Because like we, what we talked about before, you're going to get out of this, what you put into it. And so if there are any of those old identities, old things pulling you back, it's going to be hard to move forward. And so if right now you could acknowledge, hey, I actually, part of me doesn't want this. Part of me wants to stay back there because I I know it. I know that world. I know how to live on the ground. I know how to do that. I don't know how to be healed. And it's totally okay. And it makes sense if you have some of those voices, if you have some of that resistance. I can only imagine what that man felt like. When he was about to be healed, he had this opportunity. I don't know if he knew who Jesus was and what was about to happen. I bet he could 
not even begin to imagine it. And he throws out these excuses of why he was still on the ground. But guess what happens next? Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. And so he still had these limitations in his mind. He had just given Jesus some excuses instead of answering his question. But yet Jesus still healed him. So if you have those voices in your head, it's okay, but you're going to have to acknowledge them. You're going to have to face them in order to not not let them dictate where you're going to go. So right now, I want you to look at yourself, an honest look. What voices are telling you not to go forward? What voices are telling you that you can't be healed? What voices are telling you this is as good as it's going to get? The more that you can acknowledge them, the more power you're going to have over them. And the good news is they can be really loud, but as long as you just have a little bit of hope, you know, the Bible talks about, Jesus said that all we need is faith the size of a mustard seed. I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard seed, but they are so tiny. That is it. You just need a little bit of hope, a little bit of faith that God is really who he says he is and that you can get out of this, that he wants to heal you. And I can't do the walking for you. Like Jesus, he said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. So Jesus told him what to do, but Jesus couldn't do the walking for him. Jesus didn't pull him off the ground. Jesus didn't hobble alongside him. Jesus told him what to do. And then the man had to make a choice. Am I going to stay in this? Am I going to stay on the ground? Am I going to stay in my limitations? Or am I going to get up which, I mean, I can only imagine what that felt like. Does he remember how to stand? Are his legs going to work? Is he going to fall over? You know, what are all of the fears going through his mind? But he got up and he walked. And so I'm going to do my best to take everything God has shown me and everything God has walked me through and show you that. Show you a map to the door. Tell you how to take these steps. But there is no shortcut. You're going to have to do the excruciating work to stand up and take one painful step at a time. So right now, I want you to make a decision for yourself. It's just you. No one's listening. You can bring in the friend that you have hopefully brought in on this journey with you. But it's just you right now. And I want you just to make a commitment to yourself. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it full force. And we've talked about maybe full force means that this is going to highlight some things that show you that you need to get into therapy. That is still this journey. That is beautiful. That is amazing. But I want you to commit to yourself that whatever happens, you're going to stay the course. You're going to push through. You're going to do this and not give up no matter how hard it gets. Okay. So now that you've made that commitment to yourself, congrats. That's really exciting. And I wish I was there to cheer with you and cry with you. And yeah, I'm just really stoked for you. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, 
please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.